0: Uh, if you'd turn with me to Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein, wherein we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, here's some scriptures that the average Christian doesn't have a clue what this is talking about. But we glory, in the Greek word there is doxa, and when used in reference to humans, it means to boast. And there is good boasting and there's bad boasting. If you're boasting in God, it's good. If you're boasting in yourself, not so much. And so he says, not only so, but we will glory or boast in tribulations. This Greek word is thalipsis or pressure. And it, it, it would be generally translated in our vernacular as trouble. I'm going to glory in my trouble also, knowing that trouble works in me patience. And the word there, patience, really is upomine, which means endurance. And endurance allows me to have experience. And experience, it's a strange Greek word here. It means to test. What is, who's tested here? We go through situations in life. And we find God is faithful. That's what experience is. Experience is when I go through situations and find out he didn't leave me alone and that he's faithful. Why? Because experience produces hope. And hope maketh not a shame because for this reason on this account, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Well, I'd like to experience the love of God, preacher. Well, I'd love for you to experience the love of God, and you can before you leave this place today. It is your choice. You can experience the love of God today because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You may be seated. I am not a negative person. Uh I am a... <laughs> I'm not an optimist, but I have faith and trust in God, and I know he's in control, and I believe him. Even though everything right now in our world looks very, very out of control, and I've got good news for you, it's not getting better. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe his word, and you've been looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, then uh, that's good news for you. Because it's not getting better. And I'm going to prophesy something to you. I don't know how long it'll be. I don't know whether it'll be days, weeks, months. May even be a couple of years. But the mobs that are demonstrating now, it won't be long till they will turn that vehement anger and hatred on churches. No, no, I don't mean someplace else. I mean here in the good old USA. Because we are now at a place in our country, if you don't believe exactly what that group believes, you're the devil incarnate. You are, there's all kind of IST words they will put, label you with because you don't dot their I's across their T's. There is no such thing as freedom of speech anymore. If you're not saying what they're saying, you need to shut up because you don't have a right to talk because you're wrong. Well, the benefit of all of that is every complacent American who's sitting back thinking that all things are going to continue as they were since the beginning, that the country you were raised in is going to always be here, always be like it was, you're going to quickly realize that that country no longer exists and will never exist again. Can you imagine, can you imagine this attitude and spirit in this country in World War II? The whole nation was mobilized to defend itself. I'm not making political statements here. Some of you have already concluded I am. I'm not at all. Because I I could care less about the politics. All I care about is what the book says. And the book is more alive and real and accurate today than it's ever been. And if you don't know that, that means you're not reading it. Because the book is real. None of this stuff that's happening is a surprise to a believer. Every bit of it is. it was foretold 2,000 years ago to believers. And longer. And if you're looking for a life. That will let you right off into the sunset happily ever after. That will never be available again in this country. And in this world. In case you're not paying attention. The same kind of upheaval is happening. In every place where there is freedom to believe in Christianity. I've quoted this a couple times, but there's some folks here that haven't heard this. There's a uh, a couple of groups who are not based in the United States uh, who study religions as a whole, and they have concluded that in 2015-2016, the most persecuted religion in the world is Christianity. And that last year alone, approximately 90,000 Christians were killed for their faith throughout the world. But we in America, we live with our head in the sand and, uh, we've got sand in our ears and our eyes and our nose and we, we think everything is okay and it's going to be okay and there's no problem. And so we, 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 we want everything to calm down so we can just live our lives again. Well, there's a problem. Two thousand years ago, there was a cross. There was an innocent man who turned out to be more than just a man who hung on that cross as an innocent man dying in the place of the guilty. And that cross is, the, is so hated because it's the perpetual reminder that man will never be good enough to save himself. That no matter who you are and what you do, You will never be good enough to save yourself. That cross says and declares for all time that man needs a Savior. I'm not the Savior. Any preacher that implies or says he is is a liar, run as fast as you can the opposite direction. Any church that wants you to believe that they are the Savior, run from them. The only way you could be saved in this place today is because if you have the spiritual sensitivity to do so and some of you feeling stuff you can't explain what you're feeling is the presence of the living God. The Spirit of God is in this place right now. The one that dwelled in the body of the man Christ Jesus, the one that empowered him to go to that cross for your sake and mine, He's in this place today. He is the Savior. And between His Word and His Spirit, you can be saved. Now, the idea that is promoted on TV, because that's how they get you to send in the big bucks so they can pay their bill, is that if you become a Christian, your life is just going to be wonderful. No, sir, God is going to take care of everything. Again, I don't know what Bible they're reading. But the last words of Jesus before he was, he went out and prayed, before he prayed for the disciples, then went out and prayed for himself, was taken and crucified. The last words of Jesus in John 16, 33 says, "These, These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have trouble. Shall have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now whether you like it or not, that word has come to pass in your life and will continue to do so. There's not a thing you can do about it. Why? Why? Because this is not heaven. This place here now, I don't mean this church, but this life you've got right now is not heaven. God's made no commitment to make it heaven. You can't have enough faith. You can't be a good enough person for God to make it heaven. We're pilgrims and strangers passing through this life. There's an old Pentecostal song that goes, This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You know why why the church isn't reaching the lost? Because the church is too at home in the world. But God loves us. And so the Lord is going to make it very uncomfortable to be a christian in this world you said god i said god not the god of this world the lord jesus christ he's not going to do it directly but he's going to let the leash out a little bit because the adversary is on the leash in case you know it if you're afraid of the devil that's because you don't believe in god the devil can't do anything he's not allowed to do and because he's like a rabid dog, he'll do anything he's allowed to do. We've come to a place, the most precious commodities, is to be loved, to know you're loved and be loved. To have peace in here, and hope. (laughs) Hope <laughs> to be loved to know you're loved by somebody and the most important being to be loved by is God and he has you know the scripture says for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that's not true that verse isn't true not the way we read it what it's saying is For God has offered his love to the whole world. But you're not loved if you don't allow yourself to be loved. God cannot, will not force his love on you. You have to choose to open yourself up to him so that he can love you. He Love cannot, will not force itself on anybody. (laughs) I've never followed politics very much because I I vote. But very rarely does someone ever do what they said they were going to do. When you vote for them, you don't expect them to do it. You just, okay. You can call that cynical if you want, but you want to look at the facts? (laughs) Doesn't matter if they're running for city council, county council, state legislature, or the federal government. People say what they need to say to get elected, and then they don't do that. Woe be to the person who does what they said all along they were going to do. We're looking at living proof. Of how people respond to someone doing what they said they were going to do. I wonder if that's because poor old guy, he he doesn't know anything about politics. He was a billionaire. Because we're used to professional politicians leading us. Say, are you for Trump? No, I'm not. I'm for Jesus. I just have a problem with deluded people. (laughs) that want to try to force me to accept their, I'm going to say this kindly, uh, lies. I guess that'd be the kindest thing I could say it. But here's the problem. You know, I kind of got to follow this because I'm three months older than the president. And, uh, And I don't know, I was kind of amazed that you realize he was the oldest guy that's ever run for the office. Right? So I'm rooting for the old guy just because he's the old guy, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. But I, I kind of followed along, and, and, and he reminds me of Israel. Do you know why there's an Israel today? Because if you come against the Jews, they're not going to sit back and take it. Okay. The problem is we've got a guy that's not going to sit back and take it. He, he won't be cowed. Why? It sounds like I'm saying positive stuff about him. That's not the issue. The issue is this is not a guy that is intimidated by the crowds. So what does that mean? The mob is going to get more and more furious. So there's going to be more and more disruption in this country. Because he's doing what he said he was going to do. And they never believed he'd get elected. And now that he's trying to do that, whether you agree with it or not, it's not even the issue. He's the president. He's doing what he said he was going to do. And the mob doesn't like it. And because they can say and do all they want, he will not back down he didn't become what he is without with with backing down, whether you agree it doesn't matter if you agree with that or not that's not even the issue. The issue is look at the dynamic here we're we're barely a couple of minutes months into his first term, and the country's going crazy so if You don't have a source of peace and hope outside of the government, outside of our 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 society. You got problems. Well, aren't you afraid? (laughs) Well, they may kill you. You can't threaten me with heaven. I'm not going to be threatened with heaven. And I'm not shutting up. Because this is about politics. This is about who the real king of kings and lord of lords is. This is about the one that hung on the cross. So that you and I could have love and peace and hope. If you don't want it, that's your choice. I'd just like to know how you're going to cope with all this when it comes to your door. And it's coming to your door. I was talking to a friend the other day told me he bought some property up in the mountains, showed me a picture of it. What are you going to do well i'm i 'm thinking about building me a retreat up there. I said, you mean a bunker Well, I guess so <laughs> You must be going to a range someplace. Yeah. Really. So people get hungry. They find out you got all this stuff stored in your house. And their children are starving. And they're going to come to your house because you've stored all this stuff up. And you're going to shoot them? And you're what? Christian? You're going to shoot them? Are you kidding me? Well, I want to protect my family. <laughs> you know what? If you set a mouse trap and put a cheese on the thing, you're going to attract mice. I said, what are you going to do about the guy that builds your bunker? You're going to have him bumped off so there's nobody out there that knows where your bunker is? So guess what? This guy's going to build your bunker. He's going to know where food is. (laughs) The word will get out. So what are you going to do now? I know, I know, this is not what you want to hear, but I'm preaching hope. I'm preaching peace. I'm preaching the love of God. Because, you know what? (laughs) I'm expected by my Savior to love these people. Not hate them. Do I agree with them? Of course I don't agree with them. I don't agree with any of them. (laughs) I agree with the book. You stand with the book, I agree with you. You're against the book, I don't agree with you. Period. in of story. That's the decision I made a long time ago. The book is the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. Anything that contradicts the word of God, I don't agree with. Well, that's pretty blind. No, I think that was pretty intelligent choice myself. I think that was intelligence. Because I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> you know... What's true today is not true tomorrow, and it won't be. And what was what's true tomorrow won't be true next week, and and it constantly's changing, constantly changing. And God forbid you have a, a, an opinion, because if you don't keep that opinion yourself, somebody's going to brand you with something. Well, I choose what to be branded with. I'm a Bible-believing Christian. You want to brand me? Here I am. Brand me. If that's a problem, then it's a problem. Why? Anybody remember 9-11? Anybody remember this country that didn't have any use for churches, filling churches up in prayer? Churches had to open their doors every night because so many people wanted. Anybody, anybody remember that at all? Anybody remember what the first thing this carnal nation did when there was a crisis? They found a place to pray. Why? Because they acknowledged that what they were living for and how they were living only works in the sunshine. It doesn't work in crisis. Well, I'm telling you precious folks this, okay? Don't look now, but you're in a crisis. Just because the crisis hadn't come to your door yet, it's coming. Why? Because you're going to make a choice. You're for him or against them. And that choice is going to make you decide whether you're for him, not this church, not, not the preacher who preaches here regularly, but him. Him, for him or against him. See, this isn't about religion. It's not about religion, folks. If you're practicing religion, your religion's no more value than some weird cause group. Religion can't give you peace. Religion can't give you hope. This isn't about religion. This is about a person, a being. The God of heaven and earth, the Lord Jesus Christ. He, not we, He is the only source of love. He is the only source of peace. He is the only source of hope. He is. You can come to church all you want, but if you don't know Him, you don't have love, peace, and hope. You don't have it. You don't have it. And what would be really sad, it's bad enough for the person out there that's never experienced God at all, knows virtually nothing about God to not have love, hope, and peace. But folks, to come sit here fairly regularly and not have love, hope, and peace? I'm not afraid to die. <sighs> Say, so, well, yeah, but no. I've got proof from my life that I'm not afraid to die. I'm not here because I avoided death. I'm here because God spared me. I've been to Pakistan five times to preach. Yet here I am. I was with missionaries that was on Al Qaeda's hit list. In Pakistan. It's going to be a missionary from Bangladesh and some of his people in the call to war week after next. And uh, there are Christians that have been killed in his country, people in his, some of his churches been killed in this country. Christians in Philippines that have been killed. Huh. Why? It's not even safe in a prayer meeting, in a prayer service in Charleston, is it? Is it? There's only one safe place to hide. In Jesus. Not in your house. Not in the four walls of a church. But in Jesus. And whatever problems you have. That are keeping you from fellowshipping with Jesus? Are they really worth it to you to have no hope? No peace? No joy? No love? Really? Whatever axes you've been grinding lately. Whatever faults you're finding. I'm going to tell God what I disagreed with. That's bully for you. That's just... Great. I hope your causes and your complaints are so great they're worth not having peace because you're sitting here without peace, my friend. And you don't have joy and you don't have hope and you're all puffed up like a toad. I love you. I'm telling you the absolute truth. I hope your complaints and all your causes are worth the emptiness in your soul that didn't used to be like that. I love you. (laughs) Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And, of course, some said, well, he didn't say what I did after I turned the cheek. Nah, that's not the point, is it? Come on now. Listen to what he says again now, okay? Here it is. Therefore, being justified by faith, well, here it is. Okay. Just, therefore, being justified by faith, this is again Romans 5-1, we have peace with God through, and that Greek word through there is, that denotes a channel of an act. Okay. So, peace comes through the the, the means or by means of or through the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're justified by faith. And they taught me in Sunday school that justification is when the Lord makes your life just as if you'd never done it. Because you see, the idea that you can be good and undo your wrongs, If you believe that you can be good and undo your wrongs, then you believe that a murderer can go to jail for 30 years and come out not having committed murder. Does serving your sentence mean you're no longer guilty of why you got sentenced? And yet somehow, Christians, some Christians believe that if, they be, if they're good enough, they can do away their guilt with their own good. Yes, it's true. An innocent person can do away with your guilt. But the book says, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. So for your guilt to be taken care of, somebody who's innocent has to die in your place. And that means to have their innocence. I've got to give myself to them, or in this case, him. That's why the Bible says in Galatians five, 20, uh, three twenty-seven. First, ministers have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. What does that mean? We go all the way back to the garden with that. Adam and Eve were born in innocence They were so innocent. They didn't even see themselves as naked You see a little baby year two years old Have you never had a child or a grandchild that loved to take their clothes off run around the house? And look at the parents face Oh, oh horrible. What's wrong with my child? They want to run around naked You ever heard of innocence? child doesn't know they're naked. We're the ones that teach them they're naked. Because we know what it means to be naked, don't we? We know what it means to be totally exposed. Without covering. Without protection. Without safety. Don't we? We know what that means. So... When Adam and Eve sinned, they lost that covering of innocence. And their eyes were open. the scripture says, and they saw that they were naked. So what's the first thing they did? They sewed themselves fig leaves and made aprons. I guess they only ever saw each other coming one direction. They never saw them going because aprons don't cover the backside. They only cover the front side. Well, that's what man did man tried to cover the fact he was now naked with his own efforts I've told this many times, but You don't even know the significance of the fig leaves if you don't if you've never been Where there's a fig tree My grandmother right had a fig tree right outside her back door Let me tell you something those fig leaves were about as uncomfortable as you could get To wear that against your skin. That's man. That's what man does. Puts himself through pain to pay penance. Thinking that if he suffers. Or causes himself to suffer. He can somehow pay for his penalty. That's not in the book. Someone already suffered to pay the penalty for your sins. And it's not you. I've heard people quote the verse. You're going to reap what you sow. Really? Really? So you mean that what I'm going through in this life, if it's bad, I'm reaping what I sowed. Let me tell you something. Nobody has ever approached reaping what they've sown in this life. Have you ever read that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels? You and I are flesh. They are spirit beings. Hell is so bad that it's eternal punishment for spirit beings. So how bad can it be for humans? Oh, I know, I know. It's not politically correct to believe in hell anymore. We've already established the fact, I hope, that I believe the Bible. You can't take hell out of the Bible just because you don't like it anymore. But I don't believe in a good God would send anybody to hell. He's not sending anybody to hell. He says, you make these choices, these are the consequences. You make these choices, these are the consequences. When you stand before God or I stand before God, all he's going to do is tell me the results of my choices that I purposely, consciously made. Because, my friend, you don't go to heaven by accident. I didn't wake up 46 plus years ago and roll over in the bed and go, who are you? How did you get here? Oh, we're married. How can that be? I don't remember getting married. I got married on purpose. I'm still married on purpose. And since the church is the bride of Christ, do you think Jesus wants anybody in his bride as a part of his bride that has backed their way into being his bride? I've told this story many times. But on the night of November the 1st, 1968, as I stood at the front of the church, If there'd have been a commotion out in that church foyer and the doors flew open and my father-in-law was dragging my future wife down the aisle and she's kicking and screaming and digging in her heels, let me tell you something. He wouldn't have got a third of the way down that church. I'd have met him back there and said, Sir, if she doesn't want me as much as I want her, there's not going to be a wedding tonight. If you think God's going to drag you kicking and screaming to be a part of his bride it's choice love's choice far more than an emotion love's a choice peace is a choice That's why Jesus said these words have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world You shall have trouble You don't have any choice when it comes to trouble but you got The only one who can determine whether or not you have peace is you you might have peace why because you have to choose to let him Give you peace Oh, and by the way, he doesn't give peace on your terms Gives peace on his terms. Well, I don't I don't like that because I think that would be horrible, really. He said, I come to bring life and that more abundantly. <laughs> oh God, you gotta be kidding. You know, some people they judge God by people. Well, I know these Christians. No, you don't know Christians. First of all, If you knew yourself and were honest with yourself about yourself, you wouldn't be judging other people no matter what mistakes they've made. The only people who are judged are those that are not honest with themselves about themselves. Whoo. That went over so well. I'm going to say that again. The only people that judge and are critical of other people no matter what they've done are those that are not honest with themselves about themselves. Because if I'm honest with me about me, I know I can't save me. And I need forgiveness every day. And because I need forgiveness every day, and he said, if I don't forgive, I won't be forgiven. If I don't show mercy, I'm not going to receive mercy. I need mercy. I need mercy. I need mercy every day. There's not a day that goes by I don't need mercy. I'm going to You don't know what it means to struggle. Are you kidding me? You see this? I've been dealing with this for 70, almost 71 years in a week or so. You see that? That stuff is still flesh today just as much as it was. February the 18th, 1946. It's still flesh. And this stuff is not going to heaven like this. And it knows it's not going to heaven like this. So it's got nothing to lose. For every true believer, dealing with their flesh is a daily choice. I'm going to give into my flesh or I'm not going to give into my flesh. How about uh, put Galatians 5.16 on the screen, please. And then I'm going to 17. <laughs> if you walk in the spirit, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say walk in the spirit and you won't have any lust of the flesh. Does not say that if you walk in the spirit, you won't have any lust of the flesh. It says you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill it. And any preacher that implies to you that if you, if you're in the place with God you're supposed to be, you'll never have any wrong desires or feelings or whatever. That person is the biggest liar you've ever seen. I don't care if that's your daddy. That's southern for dad. I don't care who it is. If they imply that you can get some place that you don't have to die daily to yourself, then they're imply, implying that the apostle Paul was not saved to will is present with me, but to find find out how to do that which I will if I find not the things I want to do I don't do the things that I want to do that which I that's what I do. Well, how do I not do that? Walk in the Spirit. Because by myself, I can't do this. And the next verse says this. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. That means they're in enmity. They're in hostility towards one another. So that you cannot do the things that you would. Well, that sounds hopeless. No, it means as long as you're passive in deciding who's going to win the struggle inside of you and you let the struggle between God and your flesh go on, you're miserable. But if you ever give yourself over to God and learn to do that on a daily basis, there's peace. Peace. And then comes hope. Now, the problem with the word hope in the Bible is, especially since it's primarily in the King James, is that we interpret or understand the word hope today to mean the same thing as it did in 1611 when the King James was written. The Greek word doesn't even come close to what we think hope is. Well, I hope it doesn't rain. Hope it doesn't snow. Or if you going out of school for a couple of days, I hope it snows. Trust me. The biblical concept of hope is so far from that concept. They're not even remotely the same thing. I'm going to read it to you from Thayer's... <laughs> um lexicon greek english lexicon it is expectation of good or hope in the christian sense it is joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation hope means that no matter what my circumstances here it's temporary No matter what my physical circumstance is, no matter what my financial circumstance is, no matter what my family, no matter what my circumstance is here, this life is temporal, so all of this is temporary. Preacher, that's kind of a morbid outlook, is it? Really? That's just because you're not 71 yet. Because trust me, The only people who really don't think about the hereafter are those that are young enough. They've still convinced themselves that death is a long way off. (sighs) I'm not morbid, but I got enough intelligence and spiritual insight to know that I, I have Officiated in funerals for two-month-olds, 12-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 90-year-olds, and everywhere in between in the last 48 years. And let me tell you something, my friend. People die. And you and I are on a collision course with death. So what are you doing to prepare for where you're going to spend forever. That's what hope is. <laughs> you know what? I've got seven grandchildren. I love them. I would love for them to be able to really, truly enjoy, naturally speaking, to enjoy this country and all of its goodness that was here at one time. I, I, I would love for them to do that. I, you know, you know, but Ozzie and Harriet doesn't exist anymore. father knows best is misogynist or mis- is that the way you say it yeah father knows best who how horrible that is huh. no i can remember how horrible some preacher said all of that was oh baby <laughs> That's pretty sad when uh, that's considered about as tame as it can get anymore, In it? Researchers got such a shock when they began to excavate the city of Pompeii, which is near Naples, Italy, that was completely in a moment's time inundated by volcanic ash and lava. And it happened so quickly that it preserved the houses and the walls and the paint on the walls, and worse yet, the paintings on the walls. And they were shocked to see how absolutely sex obsessed That culture was. They didn't need the internet. You could walk. (laughs) A few years ago, my wife and I were coming back from doing a leadership meeting in uh, the Ukraine. And it was near our anniversary, so we came through Rome for three days and for our anniversary on the way home. And we took a day tour down to Naples and we got to spend a couple of hours in Pompeii. Oh, oh, stay out in the street. Don't go in those houses. Love, let's don't, let's, let's don't go in those houses. We don't need those, that in our minds. We don't need that. History is absolutely replete with cultures that become obsessed with sex and what happens to them. (laughs) Don't forget, God created it, and He expected it to be good within the boundaries. That he had for it. If it breaks out of those boundaries, it just creeps into the every fiber of the being of the people of a society, and it just tears down all the strength, the moral strength that which God meant for good. Man can man takes and just absolutely pollutes it to where it's. Such a stench. It's ridiculous. Folks, I, I don't know how to say this to you, but as a man of God, I have responsibility to allow the Lord to tell you what's really going on and to give you the option to make a choice about that. But I've made my choice. (laughs) And if you've never experienced real peace, where all that stuff is external and you didn't let it get in here, you kept it out of here. I can't deny that it's going on out there. But all of that is external to me. It's not internal. What's going on in here is my choice. I don't have a whole lot of say of what's going on in this, this world right now, in my country, in our area. I don't have any say over what's going on. I have the only say in what's going on in here. They only say. Some of you have heard this story, and I'm, I'm going to quit here in the next hour or so, I promise you. So, <laughs> there is hope in that. I'm almost exactly four months from tearing that Achilles tendon, and I'm doing better. But I don't ever stand without my foot hurting really bad, and that's your blessing. There'll be a point when it consciously comes in my mind because the flow's slowing down and it begins to hurt really bad, and I know then, okay, wind it up. It's not hurting too bad right now. Anyway. <laughs> oh, praise God. <laughs> Actually, it is, but not that bad. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, help us now. I forgot what I was going to say. I got carnal on you and interrupted the flow. (laughs) Hallelujah. Sorry? I couldn't hear, I can't hear you. Yeah. Uh, She loves me but she can't control me. (laughs) You see, I look, oh, God. (laughs) My mother one time said to me, you're letting so-and-so run your life. She went home to my my wife. I said, Mother, I love you, but you obviously don't know anything about me. It takes all of the grace of God that I possibly can receive to let Jesus run my life. There's nobody else running my life. Nobody. Other than the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to please her more than anybody in this entire world. I love my sons, my daughters that they're married to. My seven grandchildren, I love all them, I love you. But she's the only one I really care to please. And the Lord does this to me. He makes sure he gives me stuff to say that's going to make her uncomfortable me having to say it. And I love the fact that she's uncomfortable with it. Because I can feel her spirit kind <clears> of, <throat> and I'm knowing, okay, okay, just make sure this is God. Make sure you're not doing this in yourself. She thinks she has no impact, but I can feel her spirit as easy as I can is. And I, she's, that's why it's not safe for me to travel without her. Because in here is what's going to determine where I spend eternity. Right here. And I can't blame what I allow in here on anybody else. Nobody else. If I've got hate in here, if I've got unforgiveness in here, if I've got anger in here, if I have fear in here, again, it's not comfortable for her, and if it wasn't the Lord, I wouldn't do it, but November the 14th, 2013, to sit in the doctor's office for the doctor to say, you got cancer, and We can't tell you exactly what the prognosis is going to be, and every time they did tests, it got worse. And we're Christians. Look at all we've done for God. How could he let this happen to us? Thankfully, all of that kind of struggle was way back down the road somewhere. This time, without us discussing it, she knew she was going to go through the whole thing, and I knew she was going to go through the whole thing. And this may sound absolutely crazy to you. That's your problem. But we knew he wasn't going to let us ask him to heal her. So the only thing we could do on a daily basis, we prayed a prayer similar to this. It wasn't the same exact words every day, but it was this context. Father, we know you love us. And we know you're in control. And you knew about this cancer before the doctors did, before we did. You also know what the outcome of this is going to be in the end. And we trust you regardless of the outcome. <laughs> Peace, 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 and hope. That's why there's three, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. So if faith, hope, and love is these three that abide and will never uh go away, be defeated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the greatest is love. That means this is an ascending order. So the basic is, basis is faith. And then something greater than faith is biblical hope. And what's greater than biblical hope is love. Because love tells you you can trust God no matter what. And hope is confident expectation. That he's in control. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the foundation. It's it's the most basic trust in God. But then you get to the place where you have a confident expectation. My God's in control and everything's going to be all right. Why? Because there's nothing happening other than the fact that he loves me. He knows what's best for me, even if that's cancer, even if it's surgery. She had cancer two times before that. The Lord miraculously took it away, miraculously. Dealt with it miraculously the first two times. We knew it was going to be a different journey, a different trip for a different purpose this third time. He took us places we'd never gone before. And on the day that she was diagnosed, the Lord spoke to me. That until I tell you otherwise, your ministry is not here and there and wherever. She is your ministry. And you're going to focus on her until I say otherwise. And for about ten months, I preached four times and didn't want to preach then. Frankly, because she was my ministry. And as difficult as that time was, it was some of the most precious time we've ever spent together in our lives. Because we were trusting together and hoping together and believing together. And loving each other and loving God together. Wow. Wow. It took our relationship, which has always been good, even though we're both humans. I'm more human than she is. And (laughs) (laughs) the Lord gave her me, and what a blessing. He gave me her... If I was her right, sometimes I'd question him. (laughs) This is the best you got, you could give. Anyway, so (laughs) can you tell she doesn't like to be my example? That's why I do it. (laughs) <laughs> oh Jesus have mercy. See, I make up for it later. <laughs> I'm gonna say it again and I it pains me to have to say it. I'm honest with you, I, I'm not happy saying this. But I'm gonna say it to you. There may be better days occasionally. There may be some few days or weeks of peace. But don't let that deceive you. The Word of God is coming to pass at a, at a rate that is startling. I have a message that if you're a believer, you're going to want to hear tonight. It will help you but here this morning the (laughs) my wife says uh, we don't know a bunch of these folks I said isn't that great our structures working it really is this is the way it's supposed to be it's not supposed to be about a personality Antioch cannot go where God's taking it if it's about a personality can't be about a personality. It's got to be about him. Can't be about who's in the pulpit, who's not in the pulpit. So there are people here today, I, I don't know you, you don't know me. But the Lord gave me this message. And here's, here's the problem, if you want to call it a problem regardless of what you think of this message today or what your response is today, if these are just the words of a man, no problem. You'll go about your life. You won't ever think about this. You won't ever, it will never enter your mind again. You'll be fine. But if God has spoken to you today at the most unexpected time, you can going to hear words from this message come back to your mind. Come back to your heart. You'll wake up with these words in your mind. That preacher put a spell on me. No, no, I, was no spell. No. I've just, by his grace, done my best to let him talk to you instead of me talk to you. And if these are his words... Whether you wanted to hear them or not, if these are his words, and because he loves you, you will hear them over and over again until you make a decision. Why? Because he loves you. Jesus loves you. But the question is, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do? Can you imagine having such a relationship with God that you could say, I boast in my troubles because I know that my troubles produce a stamina and endurance in me spiritually that I couldn't have received any other way and that my stamina has produced an experience. I've put God to the test and he's come through for me over and over and over again. And that experience has produced a hope in me. It's given me a confident expectation. And it's, it says, hope it not a shame. Put that on the screen, please. Romans 5, 5. Hope makes not a shame. What does that mean? Hope makes not a shame. It means that those who have gone through their trouble and have built some spiritual endurance and now have put God to the test and have found he's faithful and that's produced hope in you, confident expectation that's opened a door in your life to experience the love of God in a manner and to a degree that you don't ever have to worry about being ashamed ashamed how? of God letting you down during the inquisition when the the primary church of the day was putting people to torture this is a matter of history it's not a matter of religion they were putting torturing people to get them to recant their faith in Christ and take on again the doctrines of their church One of the things they were doing besides killing people on the rack or and other torture methods was burning them at the stake. And there was a man, you can find this in Fox's Book of Martyrs, it was a man who said to the others that were awaiting some fate similar at some point in the future if God if God really does make the fire bearable If I'm really not in that fire by myself, if God really does make this bearable, before I die, I will raise my hands over my head and clap my hands. And according to Fox's Book of Martyr who claims this is, this is an absolute true story. They put the wood around the stake and they chain the man to the stake. Around his chest and his legs and whatever. They left his arms free. They lit the fire. And he began to burn. And he slumped over. And those who were watching through the bars of their cell. Thought to themselves, well I guess. I guess it's not going to happen. According to witnesses. Witnesses. When it looked like he was gone, all of a sudden he raised himself up, his arms with and hands with not all that much flesh left on them, raised up over his head, and he clapped his hands twice and slumped over dead. Preacher, that's a horrible story. No, that's the reality of the world we live in. Because when you have faith in Christ and those who are choosing to follow this world and your very existence convicts them of their sins, because you're very, you're very peace, it's an amazing thing to be hated because you got peace. It's an amazing thing to be hated because you've got hope. Because the world is miserable. They want you to be miserable with them. And they can convince themselves they're okay if everybody has no hope and everybody's miserable. But when somebody comes along like a a light in the darkness and their hope radiates and their peace shines off their face, it is a it is a shocking reminder that the lies they believed and the life they're living is not working. And you would think intelligence would said would say. I'm wrong. Tell me what I need to do. But no, that's not the way the mob works. The mob wants to eliminate anything that contradicts the way they live. The Bible prophesied it this way. You may not think it's prophecy, but it's absolutely prophecy. Where sin... Abounds. Grace doth much more abound. I don't have to get a, become brighter as a Christian. I just have to maintain my faith and walk with God, because as the world gets darker and darker, I won't be able to hide. If I have real light, it will shine. And I know, I know that this is a little longer than some of you are used to. And frankly, uh, I tell our guys that are preaching an evangelistic message to keep it short. So I guess this is a case of do what I say, not what I do. But in this case, I the Lord spoke this to me today for you. I don't know about you. I don't know what I don't know what you brought in here. I don't know what troubles you have. I don't know what fear you're battling. I don't know what despair you're experiencing. But today, no emotion, no big emotional appeal, I'm not trying to scare you to death, just telling you the facts. The question is, what are you going to do? And whether this message bears fruit today or tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, I have this confidence that as our world continues like it's going, and things get darker and darker, and there's more chaos, chaos. I have never seen such chaos in this nation. I have never in my 71 years ever seen this country in such chaos. You know why it's in chaos? Because in the spirit world, there is chaos in the spirit world. And you know why there's chaos in the spirit world? Because back in October, some people prayed that whatever God had to do to bring revival to this country and this world, we prayed it and God heard it and he's answering it. Friend, this isn't about a religion. This isn't about a church. If you come to church, choose to come to church here, this pastor and this group of believers that fellowship here will be thrilled to have you. But we're not preaching the pastor and we're not preaching this church, this fellowship. We're preaching Jesus. And wherever you choose to fellowship, if you're, if you're fellowshipping with Jesus, And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you're not fellowshipping with his way, his truth, and his life, then you're not fellowshipping with Jesus. But wherever you choose to fellowship, the word of God is true. And you got to decide what you're going to do, what place it's going to have in your life. Because there cannot be peace in your life without the Father being in charge. There cannot be joy in your life without the Father being your closest friend and fellowship person, being. There cannot be hope in your life without knowing him and how sure his promises are. There can't be. There can't be. If you'd bow your heads for a moment. Close your eyes. I'm going to do this. Just a little differently here today. We're in this thing together. How about just reach to someone nearby you and let's just pray one for another here for a minute. Could we do that? We're not in this by ourselves. We're in this together. I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I don't want to just my family to go to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. I want the people that hate my guts to go to heaven. There's not a single individual in this world that I have such a problem with that I would want them to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. But I don't want anybody living in hell while they live on this earth when you can live in joy and peace and love and the righteousness of God and have his fellowship. I don't want anybody having to have live like that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, you've spoken to us today. You've spoken to us today, Father. Help us today. Oh, help us today. Give us the grace to open our hearts and our minds to you, Father. Give us the grace to open our hearts and minds to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless each individual that's here, Lord. You know them. You know what they're what's going on in their life. You know what's going on in their heart and their spirit. You know what's in their minds, Father. Help them today. Help them today. Help them today. Make your love known to them, Father. Reveal your love to them. Reveal your person to them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, if you would just let your spirit and heart open up, you could feel his presence in this place right now. There's such a gentle, sweet manifestation of the presence of God in this place. Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He cares about you. You matter to him. Jesus cares about you. He cares about you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's all kind of people in this world want to tell you how to live. They want to run your life. You say, well, the church does too. Oh, no, no. Church doesn't have a right to run your life. Church doesn't have a right to tell you what to do. But Jesus does. Because he cares. He's your creator. He's your father. He designed you. He built you. He made you. He knows what's best for you. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want his best? Are you going to trade his best for what this world has to offer? Jesus' name. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. If you're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you'd like to receive it today, I, I, I'm going to do something I don't normally do, but I'm, I want to invite you to come to the front. And I'm going to tell you why I'm doing that, not to embarrass you. But you see, Jesus can't violate your, he won't violate your will, and we can't. And we could come and pray for you where you are, but the, the, the negative side of that is we don't want to impose ourselves on you. We, we want to pray for you if you want to be prayed for. If you would like to receive the love of God today, I read it to you. It's on, it was on the screen, Romans 5 and 5. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God which is shed abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You can leave this place knowing your love today, but it's up to you. Is there anyone here today that would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, just come down front and give us the privilege to pray with you. We, we will not, we're not going to press you. We're not asking you to join a church. If you want to come here, we'd be happy to have you. We're not to ask you to join a church. If you want to come here again, we would love to have you. We would love to have you. When you, Sean, come pray with her. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, the Lord loves you today. He will not force himself on you, and we cannot. But if you would privilege us to give us an opportunity to pray with you, the Lord would give you the Holy Ghost today. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. I know I've gone a little extra long today. If you need to leave, you're welcome to do so. God bless you. But if you want to sit for a few minutes in this atmosphere and pray, happy to have you do that. The Lord's in this place right now. He is, He, of course, he's always here, but he's manifesting himself in here. You can feel his presence. You can feel his love if you just give him an opportunity. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, he loves you, but you've got to let him love you. He will not force himself on you. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Again, if you need to go, you're welcome to go. God bless you. But I can't stop this short because there's people that are praying and want to pray. Come on. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. See if someone nearby you might want to pray but don't want to go up by themselves. Offer to come up with them. We don't want anybody to come up by themselves. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord loves you. You don't have to live without hope help. in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive the Holy Ghost, receive the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name, Hata He talororo bukura ta 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 bahaye. Tihe kalaro telede In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yalo loloro bukura ta taloroto loloro to bukusha In the name of Jesus. Ye lo lo ro to lo ro ro bu to lo ro to haya ye chi e rota la ratata haya ye chi e color rota la ye di hallelujah 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 lo lo ro bu haya Again, if you need to go, you're welcome to go. It's okay. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) Ye kala ro 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 Tata kura ta 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 ha ye. Ye kie kala ro to lo ro to bu kura ta 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 ha ye. kie kolor ro ta la <laughs> ye. kie kolor ro ta la <laughs> ye. kie kolor ro Hallelujah 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 Lolo lo lo do kokorata yerateti ki tatata hay Eki e kolorota hay Hallelujah Hallelujah Makabata hay yeretih Ma yalla roro ro bukur tatata Name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. rata tata. Thank you, Father. 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 <speaking in Spanish> e chi è colorata e ti è